We're in Psalm 100. If you have your Bibles, go to Psalm number 100. We've been walking through the book of James. We'll be back there next week for one week, and then we'll be uh, entering into our Advent season, and so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I can't believe it's already that time of year. But uh, this morning, Psalm number 100, and just talking today uh, about the subject of gratitude. Gratitude. Uh, I, I have some quotes of people, just thoughts on gratitude. Uh, uh, so there's a guy named G.K. Chesterton, and he made a comment. He said, when it comes to life, the critical thing is whether you take things for granted or with gratitude. And I thought that was good. The more you practice the art of thankfulness, the more you have to be thankful for, says Norman Vincent Peale. Being grateful does not mean that everything is necessarily good. It just means that you can accept it as a gift. Roy T. Bennett. Those who are not grateful soon begin to complain of everything. Thomas Morton. When you think of this whole issue of gratitude today, <clears throat> gratitude uh, is not natural to man. We weren't born with that uh, nature of gratitude. You say, oh, sure, we were. Well, if you believe that, you've never worked in a nursery. Uh, if you go in a nursery, you'll find that these children need to be taught to have a grateful heart. It's not by nature, uh, uh, but he, we are commanded to be a grateful group of people. In fact, when you're talking about uh, this issue of gratitude, it's not an option, but an obligation as believers in Jesus Christ. We, of all people on the planet, ought to be the most thankful of people, a heart that's filled with gratitude. Uh, I, I think that perhaps the uh, one of the greatest culprits, although there are several things, but one of the greatest culprits of uh, gratitude would be uh, uh, simply entitlement. I deserve better than this. I deserve what I look at. I, 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 I should have all of these other things in my life. And so we're talking today about what God can do. No matter what my circumstances are, I can have a heart that's filled with gratitude. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5 and in verse number 18, it says it <clears throat> in this way. It says, in everything, in everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then over in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5, in verse number 20, the Bible says, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, to give thanks for all things, to give thanks in all things. Sometimes that's difficult. Uh, in fact, he's calling us and commanding us to, to, to have hearts that are overflowing with gratitude. And there's always something that we can be thankful for, no matter what the circumstances are that we find ourselves in. God, help me to have a heart that's filled with gratitude. I heard a story about a pastor who was struggling with this whole issue of gratitude. In fact, he had a lady in church, and, uh, and she, she was incredibly gifted uh, uh, at criticism. And, uh, and so all, always, every time, time she came around, it was something critical, something critical, something critical. And he reminded himself, he said, you know, I'm supposed to give thanks to God for all things, in all things. How do I thank him in this moment? And he thought, and he got on his knees before God. And he said, dear God, I'm so thankful that she's not my wife. 
So there's always something that can, we can be thankful for this morning. And today, we're going to talk about, about four things that, that, that are, are, we need to practice as believers uh, that, that, that have grateful hearts. Psalm number 100 is where we are. So the Bible says this, <clears throat> Psalm 100, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. I'm so grateful for the goodness of God. Now this, this psalm here, if we're looking at this psalm, this psalm is actually a prophetical psalm anticipating that day when Jesus returns and establishes the earthly kingdom. So when you're looking at it through that lens, think about it. We're going to be going through the... all depends on your views. I'm not going to be going through the tribulation. Some of you might be. Uh, I pray to God that you're not going through the tribulation period, but at the end of the tribulation period, when Jesus Christ returns to this planet and sets up his throne over in Jerusalem, here he is, and he says, hey, come and enter into his courts with praises and into his presence with thanksgiving. And, and, and can you imagine those people where now we're finally experiencing peace on earth? Why? Because the Prince of Peace has come and he set up his throne right there in Jerusalem. What a day that's going to be. Although this is a prophetical psalm that's anticipating that future event, I think that we have some lessons that all of us can learn for today, points of application coming from this text of Scripture about having a grateful heart. You know, I've heard it said this way before, feeling grateful and not expressing it. You say, man, I thank God, I thank God, I thank God. How many times do you hear people say, oh, I thank God? Well, well, listen, <clears throat> feeling grateful and not expressing it is like buying a present, wrapping it up, putting a bow on top, and never giving it. I just got a thankful heart. Well, how do you express that to God? How do you express a heart of gratitude to the one that deserves all the praise, all the glory, all the thanksgiving in our life? Well, this passage of Scripture gives us four ways that we can express a heart of gratitude to God Almighty. Number one would be sing joyfully to the Savior. Sing joyfully to the Savior. Shout joyfully to the, earth, the Lord, all the earth, and serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. And so when we're talking about coming into his presence with joyful singing, he's not saying, hey, uh, uh, shout uh, uh, like a crazy nut. He's just simply saying, hey, listen, it's about the heart. It's not just what you do, but it's how you do it. To sing joyfully in his presence. You know, a lot of times we'll sing, uh, but it's not very joyful. And I'm not talking about good versus bad because, hey, you don't have to have a great voice to sing. You just have to have a song in your heart to be able to sing. You got to have a song in your heart. He's not talking about good and bad singing. He's saying with a heart that's overflowing with joy because God Almighty has been so good to you. And so he's saying this is how you express that. You sing joyfully in his presence. And the reason why we come into his presence with enthusiasm, the reason why we come into his presence with excitement is because good night what he's done for me, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that I could not help myself. In fact, there's one hymn that says it like this. It says, I was sinking deep in sin, far 
far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the, her, of the sea heard my despairing cry, and from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. Incredible, incredible song to be sung with enthusiasm. Why? Because I've experienced it. And the question I've got to ask you is, have you? Are you excited today to sing joyfully in his presence? You know, sometimes I think about where we are and, and, and we come to church and it's just kind of going through the motions as a church. You know, well, we're going to go up there and we're going to sing a couple songs and preach, you're going to go preach, and then we're going to go to lunchtime, brunch time, whatever you're going to go to. And we go through these motions and I wonder, do we really stop and let God capture not only the attention of my mind, but the affection of my heart? To meditate on how good he's been to me. And as we begin to sing, it's an expression of our thankfulness. I mean, it comes through the way we sing. I mean, you're, 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 and again, I, I'm not trying to be ugly. I, I really am not. But I'm telling you, sometimes I just wonder, man. I, I, you know, you, you have people that are around you and won't even sing with any expression. Some don't even sing. It's not my thing, not my thing. Man, if it's the right song, it's your thing, probably. Most people will sing along the way. And we get excited. It's just ask the question, what do we get excited about? What does move my heart over that causes me to sing? What does move your heart that causes you to sing? It's a good question to ask. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, I mean, because we'd, we'd, we'd get overwhelmed with excitement, with joy, enthusiastic over things that move our heart. Do we not? I mean, seriously. <clears throat> Last night, out there at the Seminoles, man, there was a tomahawk chop. Uh, <laughs> however you sing it, you know what I'm saying? But everybody's moved by that, right? You go to Georgia, I was at Georgia last weekend, and you go to Georgia, and they're like, roof, roof, roof. I mean, you got, you got grown people barking. Why do they bark like that? Because we're excited. Boy, that's why it moves our heart when they score a touchdown. Then we come to church. And the same people doing the tomahawk chop come to church and say, why are they raising their hands up in there? Hey, maybe they're still amazed at his grace. Maybe they're still excited that God Almighty laid down his life, shed his precious blood for my sin. Maybe they're still just a little excited of what he has done. The Bible says in John chapter number 4, it says it like this. John chapter 4 and verse number 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And you've got to be careful because when we worship, a lot of times what we do is we go uh, uh, two different ruts, two different ruts. Sometimes we'll go heavy on the truth and, 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 and light on the spirit, and then sometimes heavy on the spirit and light on the truth. And it's a mixture of both of them. What I'm talking about today is not emotionalism, by the way, because there's some people that get all emotional and say, wow, we had a wonderful time in Jesus Christ because it even made me cry. And listen, you can't judge spirituality by whether you cry. A lot of people go to Justin Bieber concert and come away crying. That, that, that's not how you measure spirituality. What, what did God do? Was it truth? Was it truth? But when truth is wed with the Spirit, then there's a powerful moment. I'm not talking about just simply emotionalism. I'm talking about spirit-filled worship. 
you got to be careful because a lot of times what happens is we come to church and rather than sing joyfully, we get inhibited. You know what I'm talking about? Inhibited in our worship. What do you mean inhibited in our worship? We're so worried about what others might think of me. I, I don't want somebody else to hear me. I don't, I don't want somebody else to hear me because I'm a terrible singer. There's a lot of terrible singers. Can I, can I tell you, though, some of the worst singers, they just, I'm not saying this about y'all, okay? I'm sitting right here, okay? <laughs> but sometimes they find their way around me, not y'all. <laughs> and they'll sing from their toes, and it'll move your heart. But they're awful. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You ever been there? I mean, I'm not saying I'm a good singer either, but I sure do like to sing. Why? Because God Almighty has saved me. Don't be inhibited in your, or distracted. Sometimes we get distracted in our worship. How, how do we get distracted? Song selection sometimes. Sometimes it's song selection. Sometimes it's what's happening up here. Man, can, can you believe Hunter had a little, little old toy, whatever he was playing on this morning? <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm thankful for Hunter. I'm thankful for what he did. I'm just simply saying, what happens is if our heart's not a heart of gratitude, we become critical of anything and everything and get very distracted and inhibited in our worship. And God help us recognize that he says, man, I want you to come into my presence with singing and with shouting. And by the way, do it joyfully. Do it joyfully in his presence. That's what he says. He goes on and he says, not only do we sing and shout in his presence joyfully, but in verse number two, he says, serve gladly. Verse number two, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Don't serve the Lord grudgingly, but serving gladly. You know, when you look at the church, there's several types of people in the church when you're gathering together. There are some folks that don't even serve to begin with. And, and, and there's several reasons for that, possibly. There are several possible reasons for that. And just because people come to church doesn't mean they're saved. And therefore, if they're not saved, be careful that you're not serving for your salvation because it won't work. Nobody's worked for their salvation. If you're working for your salvation, you're not saved. The work's been done. Aren't you thankful for God's grace? We are saved by grace through faith. Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe. So we serve. And so there's some that don't serve, and it's possible because they're not saved. It's, it's possible that they're just simply ignorant and not, not aware that I'm supposed to be serving the Lord along the way. In fact, the Bible says it this way in 1 Corinthians, over in 1 Corinthians in chapter <clears throat> number 12 and verse number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and in verse number 7 says it like this. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. In other words, each one of us, when we are saved, we are and dwelt and gifted by the Holy Spirit of God for the purpose of building up the body. God, help us recognize that and serve the body whenever you're gathering together. Don't be indifferent. Now, there are some people that don't serve because they're in the process of perhaps even healing. You say, what are you talking about? Some people along the way get hurt in church. And they get sour. And there needs to be a healing period. 
recognizing, man, I have lost the joy along the way. And sometimes it happens because we got hurt. And so there's this healing process that happens. And so sometimes people are in the midst of that process. That being said, God simply is saying, serve him with gladness. Some people serve for the wrong reason. In fact, they're serving themselves just because that's what I want to do when I want to do it. And if we're not careful and if we're serving ourselves along the way and for our own satisfaction, we tend to be like Martha. What do you mean like Martha? Remember Mary and Martha, the two sisters? And uh, there were two sisters, and they were having a gathering where Jesus Christ was there. And Martha was serving, man. She was making sure the dishes were on the table. She was putting all the plates out there. She was taking care of everything. And her sister was just sitting there in the presence of Jesus Christ, sitting at his feet. And the longer the night went on, the more ticked off Martha became. She wasn't serving the Lord with gladness, but she was simply serving And so she got upset. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. You know, you can, you can, it's not just about what you do, it's how you do what you do. How you do what you do. God says, I want your heart to be right, and when your heart's right, then you'll serve with gladness. And there are those that do serve the Lord with gladness. Why? Because they can't wait to get together because they're not over their salvation. Really, that's what it boils down to. I mean, Jesus paid it all to him I owe. In fact, the psalmist said in Psalm 122, verse number one, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And so that's what we're called to do, to serve the Lord with gladness. It does matter how we go about doing it. You ever, you ever I, mean, I mean, some of your parents in here, some of your parents in here, and, and, and you got children, and you, know, you, you ask them or tell them to do something, and yeah, ultimately you want it done, but doesn't it kind of just rub you when they're like, mm. how, how they go about how, how they go about it? You know, they get ticked off. They do it, but they do it with a grudge. And, and, and you know what? Sometimes if we're not careful, we do the same thing. <clears throat> Miss Ashley. Ashley's calling. Uh, she, she's wondering if we could help in the nursery. Oh, dang. Man, I did my time. <laughs> okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. And so you come to serve, not because there's some precious little souls over there that, by the way, we do baby, baby dedication and ask you to prayerfully invest into the lives of all the people that come into our place, and not because I have the privilege and opportunity to be able to show God's love to these little ones, to be able to pray God's blessings over these little ones, to be able to show them Jesus Christ in their presence, but instead I go back there and say, man, I don't want, I don't want to be over here. It matters how you do what you do. Serve the Lord with gladness. Aren't you thankful? I, I tell you, man, I am so thankful that uh, we do, in fact, have a lot of folks in this church body that serve. And by the way, don't limit it just to what happens inside the walls on Sunday morning. Because I can serve inside the walls, I can serve outside the walls in the name of Jesus. God, help me recognize that. But I'm, I'm so thankful. I am so thankful for all those people that serve. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, this week, in fact, when I was preparing, I was just looking over and I was like, man, I'm so thankful for all the different folks. Man, we got people that greet. We got people that, 
that serve. We got people that usher. We got people that are security. We got people that are up there in the audiovisual every week that you never see. We got people over in the nursery over there. We got children's church happening. We got Good News Club during the week. We got Vacation Bible School where we have more workers and kids. For goodness sakes, I'm grateful to God for that. I'm thankful for the singers, for those that invest so much in singing songs. We even have people that make coffee so you stay awake on Sunday morning. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's so many ways to serve the Lord, to serve your brothers and sisters, but to serve him with gladness and not with the grudge along the way. What a blessing it is to be able to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords because ultimately, that's who I'm serving. That's who I'm serving. Why do you give excellence? Because he's worthy and he deserves it. God help me to be faithful in my serving. How else, how else can I express my grateful heart to God? Verse number three, know the Savior intimately. Know him intimately. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. I'm thankful to be able to know the God who created the heavens and the earth. I'm not just talking about know about him. I think that that's where the disconnect happens in church so often is there's a lot of folks that know about him, uh, that don't really know him. What do you mean know about him and don't know him? For example, I, I would tell you this morning, uh, I, I know Joe Biden, right? I know Joe Biden. <clears throat> I know him intellectually. I don't know his likes. I don't know his dislikes. He probably doesn't either, but nonetheless. <laughs> I, I don't know everything about him, all right? But I know my wife. I know my wife. I, I, know, I know that her favorite candy is cotton candy. <laughs> I know her favorite pizza is Park's Pizza. <laughs> but even better than that. I know her to be a person that's kind. I know her to be compassionate. I know her to be forgiving. Why? Because she's been all that to me. I know her to be a person that loves Jesus with all of her heart. That's my wife. That's Bonnie. I know her. And when you're talking about knowing God, <clears throat> do you know him as Lord? You know, I, I don't have to figure out life. Why? Because he's got it figured out. He's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. He's my Lord. I, you know what? I know him as my Savior. Why? Because I'm a sinner. And I have fallen short of God's glory. But Jesus came and he laid down his life, shedding his blood for me. And there was a time in my life when his Holy Spirit knocked on the door of my heart. And he invited me to come. He's my savior. You know, you, know what he, you know what he is for me? He's my comforter. He's my comforter. There are times in life that I go through some stuff, like we all do, because life. And he comforts me. He's my, you know, he's my strong tower. That's what he is to me. He's my strong tower. Because there's sometimes I feel like throwing in the towel. Y'all ever been there? 
He's, he's, he's my healer. You ever been sick? How you think you got well? <laughs> he, he's my healer. He's my provider. He's my sustainer. He's my God. Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? How can you be grateful unless you know him? He's the great I am. <clears throat> Not only who he is, know that the Lord himself is God, but what he's done. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. And he goes on from there and same in verse number three. What has he done for us? Well, number one, he created me. He created me and he created you uniquely. The Bible says it over in Psalm 139 and in verse number 13, Psalm 139, verse number 13, for you form my inward parts, you owe me in my mother's womb. You know what we do if we're not careful as we get over these things. <clears throat> and along the way, we start having different feelings, perhaps even of inadequacy. You know, I... I should be taller, I should be shorter, I should have a smaller head, <laughs> more hair. When the fact of the matter is, God didn't make any mistakes when he made you, and he didn't make any mistakes when he made me. He made you uniquely. There will be, never be another you. And he knit you together, and he gave you the opportunity to have life. He created you physically, he created you materially, you know, sometimes along the way, we walk through life, especially those who have done well. Man, they, they, they've done well, and, 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 and they've got a good job, and things are well. And if you're, not, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, what can happen to you? You ever met somebody that goes through life, and they really, at the end of the day, they were born on third base, they thought they hit, they thought they hit a triple? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I mean it's, it, they say, man, the only reason I got everything is because I've worked hard. Well, let me ask you a question. Who gave you the opportunity to work hard physically, mentally? Who opened the doors of opportunity for you along the way? In other words, what I'm saying is everything, everything that I have is a gift from God Almighty to whom all praise is due. To be thankful to him for who he is, for what he's done. He's taken care of me, created me physically. He's provided for me materially. Oh, but spiritually... He saved me because I was perishing and he saved me. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 2 and in verses number 8 and 9, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 8 and 9, the Bible says it like this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Just simply saying, man, listen. It's not because of anything I have done that I'm saved today. Not because I'm, I'm a preacher. Not because I went to church all my life. Not because I sang in a choir when I was a little kid along the way. But I'm saved only because God Almighty sent his son Jesus into this world. And Jesus Christ took my sin. He took my place on the cross and he shed his precious blood and they put him in a grave and three days later he rose from the dead we have a risen savior a living hope 
if you're saved today, it's because of Jesus Christ. That's what he has done. He created us. But not only has he created us, verse 3 goes on, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He assumes responsibility for us. He's been good to us. Psalm 23, Psalm 23 talks about how good he is. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the quiet waters. In other words, he, he knows how to prepare. He knows how to take care of me. And he does. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Aren't you thankful? that you have a God that disciplines us and guides us when we need it. He doesn't just leave us. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hey, before we go further, do you know him? Not about him, not about him. The demons know about him. The demons believe. But he's not their Lord. Do you know him? And if you don't, I want to encourage you today. Call on his name. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent his son, Jesus, into this world not to condemn us of our sin, but to save us from our sin. Why? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness of sins. And so Jesus Christ himself shed his precious blood. And the reason for that is to pay the price for my sin, my sin debt and yours. Our salvation is a free gift. Call on him, even today, if you haven't. A grateful heart, a grateful heart will thank the Lord daily. Thank the Lord daily, all the time. It's not just once a year. It's not just this week out of the year. It's every day. The Bible goes on in this passage of Scripture in verse number 4. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. That's how you bless him, by giving thanks to him in the good times and in the bad times to thank him. That's what he calls us to do. God help us to have a grateful heart in the good times and in the bad times. I've had the privilege to be able to share uh, just our story. And and I can remember, uh, in fact, oftentimes we do sit down and reflect on how good God has been to us. And I remember uh, when my wife, we had been married for two years and she had been through cancer treatments two times, and the cancer returned for the third time, and we went to Dr. Elfenbein down at Moffitt Cancer Center, and uh, Dr. Elfenbein said, uh, hey, your cancer's back, and you have three months to live. And so we went home. And I didn't know what to say to my wife. 
So we talk to everybody else except to one another. Week went by, and finally, my wife, who's the strong one in this relationship, <laughs> she said, hey, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. She said, how are you going to be? And so I, I just simply said, hey, God's been good to us. And if his will is to take you home, he's not going to forsake me. And that night we got on our knees. And as we got on our knees, we began to pray. And I just said, dear God, I am so thankful that you have allowed me the privilege to be Bonnie's husband for the last two years. Thank you. Thank you. And the intimacy in that moment of a grateful heart blessing God in the midst of a difficult day is like nothing else. God, give me a grateful heart. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm 119 and verse number 71, he says it this way, it is good for me that I was afflicted so that I might learn of your statutes. In other words, there's blessings that come from difficulty. God, give me a thankful heart. I think one of the thieves that rob us of a grateful heart <clears throat> four-letter word M-O-R-E more we get so focused on what we want and what we don't have that we forget what we've got and how good God has been and it destroys lives. It destroys families. God, give me a thankful heart. We, of all people, should be the most grateful on the planet. Do you know that those of us in this room, most of us will eat more in one day than the rest of the world will eat in a week? Aren't you thankful? <laughs> we complain about our cars, but there are billions that have no cars. We're entitled because I'm 16, I should get a new car. <laughs> we have more clothes in our closet today than most of the world will have in their lifetime. sleep in a bed with a roof over our head most of them don't have that I was in Brazil and I asked a kid kid he was 23 what's your, what's your greatest dream in life what do you want he lived just outside of Manaus he said I would love to live in a house that had water and electricity my greatest dream, my greatest dream, a house with water and electricity. And I would also like to live on a street that's paved. <laughs> we have a lot to be thankful for. 
to be thankful daily. Man, I am so thankful. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for God blessing us with some boys, daughter-in-law, grandchildren. Thankful for our health. Thankful for life. Thankful for my salvation. Thankful for his word. Thankful for his Holy Spirit. So much to be thankful for. Thank him. Thank him. Aren't you thankful? <clears throat> Her little boy. It was that Thanksgiving meal. And his grandma cut him a piece of pumpkin pie. Y'all looking forward to pumpkin pie this week? <laughs> cut him a piece of pumpkin pie and set it over there. He said, thank you. Thank you. And she said, boy, I love to hear those words. That little boy said, you put whipped cream on the top, you'll hear it again. <laughs> thankful. I want a thankful heart. Verse 5. The Lord is good, and his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. Has God been good to you? It's a question. Has he been good to you? That song, God is so good. Sing with me. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Would you join me for prayer this morning? God, I want a grateful heart. There's so much, Lord, that I take for granted instead of with gratitude. I want a grateful heart, God. Please. You've been good to us. So good. Father, help me not be distracted by those things around me. Help me not covet in my heart. You've been good. And I thank you, God. Thank you. As we continue to pray this morning. Hey, let me ask you a question as you're praying. Have you ever been saved to be born again? It's, it's not religious. I'm not talking about being religious, going to church. I'm talking about when you recognize that I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I have sinned against God. And if that's where you are this morning, I want to encourage you to repent, to turn away from the foolish sin, to confess it before God, to call on his name. God, I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. Cry out to him today. Whosoever 
shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hey, call on him today. And this morning, I just want to encourage you. Take time, brothers and sisters, to be thankful. Oh God, give us a thankful heart. We love you. I thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.